Amen. Amen. Good morning. I tell you, I can start every, every Sunday like this Sunday, right? Woo! Fantastic. Good stuff, good stuff. I just want to say thank you uh, for those who volunteered yesterday at Chester Fest. Uh, we had a, a great day. We have done a, a booth or a tent, whatever you want to call it, for the last, I think, four or five years. It's just a baby-changing station. Uh, so our, our part is easy. We just stand there, pass out free water and uh, the information about the church, and we offer to pray for people if they, if they would like for us to. And, and then it gives young parents with their kids an opportunity to change their dirty diaper. Um, and so we, we offer that the last several years, and it's been a great opportunity to just be in the community, uh, just to interact and see, see things and see people. And so we had a good time yesterday, so thank you. Uh, we had every, every hour filled, every slot filled. And it was just a good time, so thank you. And then, of course, uh, with the baptisms this morning, uh, we just praise God for that and thank Him for that. We're going to be in our, uh, in our, uh, continuing our series, Galatians, No Other Gospel. Uh, we kicked this off last week, and so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to the New Testament book of Galatians. If you don't have a Bible um, or you don't own a Bible, we have a hardback black Bible in the row in front of you uh, or in the seat in front of you. Feel free to take that as the NIV version uh, take that as our gift to you. Uh, you can find uh, Galatians chapter 1 on page, I believe it's 542, I believe. Let me double check that. I don't want to tell you wrong. I told first service and I can't remember what I said. It's either 542 or it would be 942 is what it is. So close. So close. How many is that? 400, 400 pages off? <laughs> Anyways, 9, yes, 940, yes, 942. 942. So it's 942 in these Bibles here, so go ahead and turn to there. The words will be on the screen for you as well. Um, the words on the screen are going to be from the translation that I read from, which is the ESV, English Standard Version. So you can follow along there, you can follow along in the NIV, whatever is your preference is fine. We're going to read Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11, and we're going to finish chapter 1 today. This is Paul continuing his conversation uh, from last week. Picks it up in verse 11. Paul says, For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, which is the apostle Peter, and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you, before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. 
and they glorified God because of me. Let's pray. Father God, we just uh, come before you, and already it's just been an awesome, awesome morning. And we just want to say thank you. We want to praise you, God. We want to uh, praise you for, for what you're doing and how you are moving at Chester Christian Church and, and how you're moving in, in, in the lives of so many people. And God, we thank you for uh, being able to, to be a part of um, Peyton and Jackson's uh, baptism this morning and to see that. And Father, our prayer is that, that we would just see more of that. God, our desire here at Chester is to make much of Jesus and to make him known, to proclaim him, and God, to point people to him, to, that, that they would see their need for him. And so, Father, I pray that as we continue to worship you this morning through your word, God, I pray that your spirit would continue to move. I pray that as we exalt Jesus in this place, that we would see just how beautiful he is, and that we would see what he has done for us, that our eyes would be opened to this good news of the gospel, and that we would see ourselves for who we are in light of who Jesus is, and that we would see our need for Jesus. God, that's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this past week, I actually had a conversation on the phone with a gentleman uh, who was visitor for the first time last week at church, and we were talking on the phone about evangelism. Now, if you are new to church or you're not familiar with church terms, evangelism simply means to proclaim Jesus. It means to uh, proclaim the gospel good news, to herald the good news. And so that's what evangelism means. And we were talking about the different methods and the different styles over the years that people have used to evangelize, to share the gospel. And so we talked about the different ways. You know, I remember back in the day, tracks, gospel tracks were very popular uh, many people still use gospel tracks today. Um, I can remember, you know, people used to leave gospel tracks in, in restrooms of all places. Uh, they would leave them in restaurant tables, you know, and different things like that. And so gospel tracks were very popular and, and probably still popular today. As a matter of fact, it's interesting that I, I, I'm using this as an illustration because I had that conversation with that gentleman this past week. And then, and then I kid you not, we had a guy come to our house this week to tune our piano because my oldest son, Jude, is taking piano lessons, and so he came to tune our piano, and uh, he knew that I was a pastor, he knew that we were Christians, he knew that we were followers of Jesus, and yet he still handed us a gospel track, did he not? I guess he thought that we needed Jesus, right? He's like, I know your husband's a pastor, but here, you need Jesus, right? No, I'm just kidding. He, he was just, uh, I think he was sharing that, because he, he, that's what he, it's his form of evangelism, that's how he shares the gospel, and, uh, and this was a cool looking track, and he thought, hey, I think your kids would enjoy this, because it looks like a million dollars right, or something like that, and so uh, I came home and saw it on the table, I was like, a million dollars, um, anyway, I'm just kidding, um, but anyway, so that, that was popular back in the day, uh, a lot of people, I don't know if you remember people, and people still do it, right, you got the street preachers, people who will stand on the street and proclaim the gospel, uh, and then you got people who will just stand on the street and hold signs, um, I, I don't know if that group in Chester still does that here at Stop Line, at a stoplight, but we have people that do that. But then another, another popular method, and if you grew up in church, you may remember this. Uh, it's called the Roman Road. How many of you are familiar with the Roman Road? Anybody? A few of you? Okay, first service has you beat. First service, like tons of people raised their hand at first service. Um, but anyways, the Roman Road basically is this. Okay, you have the book of Romans in the New Testament, and the idea is, is that you can share the gospel with somebody 
through just the book of Romans, right? You have four or five passages of scriptures that you turn to, and then you ask them questions, and through the book of Romans, the Roman road, you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, when I was in school, I took a class on evangelism, and we had to do this as a project in our class. We had to share the Roman road uh, with somebody. Now, the kick was we had to share it with somebody who was already a Christian, because this was just practice, right? But we had to videotape it as well. And so, um, it was kind of comical to watch everybody's videos and how they walked with people who are already Christians um, the Roman road. And so it, it, was, it, was, it was very funny because people's response was like, you, you would read a scripture to them, and they would be like, um, yeah, so, so what do you think about this? And of course, they're already Christians, and they're like, oh yeah, I think it's great. And then at the end, at the end, of, the, at the end of the thing, you know, you're like, so do you want to follow Jesus? And they're like, absolutely we do. And so it was like 100% conversion rate there, you know? Um, <laughs> But it, it was fun. The point, the point I make, though, in sharing all that silliness with you is that there are a bazillion ways to share the gospel. Probably one of the most effective ways is to simply share your personal story. Uh, oftentimes, our most persuasive evidence for Jesus' existence is the story of what he has done in our lives, how, how your life and my life has been uh, personally affected by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul is doing here in the latter half of chapter 1. He is using his story as evidence for the truth of not only his authority as an apostle, but for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last week when we kicked this series off, um, No Other Gospel, we, uh, we shared that Paul and Barnabas, who planted these churches in the region of Galatia during their first missionary journey. But shortly after they left the region of Galatia, there was some Judaizers. And Judaizers are are Jewish Christians who believe in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. They believe in the resurrection of Jesus. However, they still believe um, in following like Old Testament law, like circumcision and different uh, rituals and um, ceremonies. And so what they were doing is they were they were saying, okay, yes, Paul is preaching this, this message of the gospel, but, but they were coming in and saying, okay, now you need to add to it, right? So they were saying, not only follow Jesus, but now you need to do this, this, and this on top of that. And so they were adding to the gospel. You see, the gospel, good news, is, is simply this, that we are lost. We, have, uh, we are sinners. We have fallen short of God's glory. Romans 3.23 says that every single person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I know oftentimes we say, well, you know, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, but who, whose standards are we measuring that with? Are we looking at, you know, our neighbor? Uh, are we saying, well, I'm, I'm better than my neighbor, I'm, I'm a good person. Um, the reality is, is we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And we all need a righteousness that far surpasses our own righteousness. And so the good news of the gospel is that God has provided that for us in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ came to earth in the flesh, and he lived a life that you and I could not live. Jesus obeyed perfectly. And then he died a death that you and I should have died, that we were condemned to die. Jesus took all of our guilt, all of our sin was poured out on Jesus on the cross. So Jesus absorbed God's wrath in our place. Jesus is our substitute. That's, that's, that's the good news of the gospel. And here, here, here it gets even better. 
right? So, so that when we put our faith and trust in Christ, we get his righteousness. We get his perfect life of obedience. He gets our sin. We get his perfect life of obedience. Peyton, Jackson, you guys, in, in God's eyes, you know, you see, he, doesn't see, he doesn't see dirty hearts, sin. He doesn't see that. He sees his son, Jesus Christ, in you. Amen. That, that is good news, right? That, that is good news. That's the gospel. And so Paul's theme throughout Galatians is simply this, that, that God's love is unconditional and salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel, is a free gift from God. Simply put, last week we said it's Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. Um, but these Judaizers were questioning Paul's authority, first of all. Who is this Paul that can come in and teach this gospel? But they were also adding to the message. It's not Jesus plus nothing. It's Jesus plus good works. It's Jesus plus keeping the law. It's Jesus plus circumcision. And so what they were doing is, and it was very subtle. If you remember last week we talked about that. It wasn't like they came in and just said, you know, this Paul guy, he, he's, a, he's a joke. They were saying, no, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a lesser apostle. He's not, he's not like the other apostles, right? Because he didn't walk with Jesus here on this earth. You know, he's not like them. And so he, he's kind of preaching to you like a, a lesser gospel. And so they came in and said, we, th- this, is, this, is the, this is what it actually needs to be. It's Jesus plus and then follow this list of rules of do's and don'ts. And so what they were doing is they were perverting the gospel. They were turning it inside out. That's what that word pervert means in, in verse 6. So they, were, they, were, they were turning it inside out, right? The, go- the gospel is this, that you are loved and accepted through Jesus Christ, and therefore you obey. See, when you realize what God has done for you through Jesus, and that Jesus gave everything to us while he was on this earth, he gave all. When you see that, when your eyes are open to that good news, then you want to give your all to Jesus. Right? So so the gospel is you are loved and accepted in Christ, and therefore you obey. But they they were... turning it inside out. They were saying, no, 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 you obey first. You obey, follow this list of rules, laws, and then God loves you and accepts you. That's what these Judaizers were doing. So they were saying, Paul, you're you're not a real apostle, and and, and you're not preaching the full gospel. And so Paul, he he continues to just hammer down on this. He's, He's defending his authority, his apostleship, and the true gospel message. And the best way for Paul to prove his point was to reach back into his past and to remind the Galatian Christians of the way that he used to be. Right? This, is, this is how the gospel has changed my life. This is my story. Right? This is how the, the, the resurrected Jesus with real power has changed my life. And so the first thing we notice here in verses 11-12 is the similarity between that and verse 1. Uh, if, you, if you remember last week, verse 1, uh, he defends his apostleship. Uh, here in verses 11 12, he defends the gospel. Um, he says, I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so again, he says he's going to hammer on this throughout the book of Galatians. He said, man, this, apost- this, this gospel that I preach is not from man. And the reason why these two verses are so similar is because his authority, his apostleship, and the message stand or fall together, right? If he's not, if he's not a true apostle, if he doesn't have divine, the, uh, divine authority, 
then the message is going to fall, right? So that, 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 that falls on his, his authority and, and the true gospel message. And so the rumor that was being spread around again is that he was not a real apostle. He was a lesser apostle. And so this is why down in verses 16 through 24, he goes on to say, he says, listen, after my conversion, so if you were with us in our Acts series, we just finished Acts, Acts chapter 9, we have this uh, tremendous uh, account of, of Paul's conversion story, how he was going to Damascus, and he's blinded by this bright light, and God knocks him off his horse and, and reveals Jesus to him, right? And so this is his conversion story, and this is what he says. Verses 16 down, he says, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Right, so he's, he's, he's refuting what these Judaizers are saying. He says, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and then returned again to Damascus. And, and the point, is, what Paul's making is, he says, listen, nobody shared this with me. This was divine. Like, God revealed this to me himself. Nobody taught me this. When he says that he persecuted the church violently and tried to destroy it, listen, Paul's not exaggerating here. <laughs> right? When, when he says that he tried to destroy it, this was not like Paul like, going out and like, talking smack. Right? This is Paul going out and like, killing people. If you remember in our Acts series, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says that Paul was there consenting when Stephen was murdered. And then Paul proceeds to wreak havoc on the church by breaking up families and putting Christians in prison. I mean, he was so bent on destroying the church that he mentions in Acts 22 and 26 that he voted to kill believers. I mean, this was the air that he breathed. And so why was he so bent on trying to destroy Christianity? Well, he continues in verse 14. He says, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. So that phrase, traditions for my fathers, just he's talking about the law of Moses, the Old Testament, the, the commands, right? The Ten Commandments, the law of Moses. And in the book of Philippians, Paul writes this about himself. He says, listen, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. I was a pure Hebrew. So he's talking to the churches of Galatia. He's talking to these Judaizers. And he's, just, he's showing them. He says, this is, this is who I was. Right? And he says, I'm a, I'm a pure Hebrew, which means he was born of Jewish parents. They weren't converts to a Jewish religion. He was legit Hebrew. As to the law of Moses, man, he says, I was a Pharisee. If you're familiar with your Bible, man, you know in the New Testament that the Pharisees were the guys who were very strict adherents to the law of Moses. I mean, they would go around and they would just, they were constantly getting on to Jesus about following the, the law and the rules, and they were putting these heavy burdens on people. And people were being crushed under the weight of the Pharisees because of this. And this is who Paul was. Paul was a Pharisee. And he wasn't just, uh, I mean, listen, what Paul is basically saying is listen, I, I was a varsity level Jew, I, I was top notch. Like, nobody even came close to me. You Judaizers think you are knocking this thing out of the park. He said, I was better. I was better. And so just like these Judaizers, right, he's, saying, he's telling the, Galatians, the Galatian churches that he thought religion was all about works. He thought it was a works type of salvation. It was all about your own righteousness. It was about earning favor and love from God. And so when Christianity comes onto the scene, man, it was threatening 
his religion. Because the gospel is about grace. And he wasn't happy about it. So everything that he built his life on was being threatened. He didn't like that. And so he thought he owed it to his country. He thought he owed it to his religion to put Christianity down, to, to put to death this, this to oppose this, the claims of Jesus the Messiah. And so this is what he does. Man. This is why he says, I was extremely zealous. Like, that's not just, you know, I was somewhat zealous. You know, I was in the background. I was just talking smack to people. I was just kind of, you know, I was out front, man. I was in people's face. I was putting people to death. Because this, this gospel, this, this, this preaching of the gospel, this, this Christianity was threatening my religion, my religion of salvation by works. And this is what he's saying here. I was extremely zealous. And, and, and the irony in all this, I mean, listen, Paul was so zealous for the law of Moses that he actually broke the law of Moses by killing people. I, I so love the law that I violated the law. Like, I, that's, just, that's, that's just crazy to me. And the point of sharing uh, how the gospel had changed his life was to show that it's legit. Like, he's like, this is who I used to be. This was my former life. He was a violent man. He was a self-righteous man. But that was my former life. The gospel has changed my life. Notice down in verses 22 and 24, he says, And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once used to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Right? People are like hearing this, this Paul who used to kill Christians is now preaching the gospel. And, and people were glorifying God because of that. That's gospel change. Right? Paul went from being public enemy number one, killing Christians, to one who was ready to be killed as a Christian. Like Paul was ready to die for his faith. The apostles were his arch enemies. And now he's working alongside of them to proclaim Jesus, to proclaim the gospel. And so this is Paul's argument. He's like, hey, this is the only explanation that you can have is, is that, that he came to devote his life to Christ, to the Christ that he hated, and to proclaim this gospel that turned his life upside down. The only way that you can explain that, man, is, is, is the gospel that changed. God is divine. Like no, no man's gospel can do that. It doesn't have the power to do that. This is what Paul is. It's the gospel of grace. And the good news for us this morning is that regardless of where you are or how you came in today, the gospel has the power to transform your life. This is very important. No one in this room, after, after reading this text, can say, you know, I just, I just don't know that God can forgive me. I've just gone too far down this path. I don't know that God could ever forgive me for that. I don't know that God could, could love me. Because if you if you were if Paul was here, the Apostle Paul was here, you know what he'd say? He would say, Hold on a second, I lost my place. He would say, You ever kill anybody? <laughs> you ever kill anybody? We 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 if you're here this morning and you're living with guilt or shame, you don't have to, to leave here with that because the good news of the gospel is that, that what Jesus took your guilt and shame on the cross. 
You can lay that down today. You, that, that can be your former life, as Paul says. This is my former life. This is my former life. This is the way I used to be. If you struggle with being your own Savior, if you struggle with looking to yourself, your own righteousness, to earn God's love, you can lay that down because you already have His love and acceptance in Jesus Christ. That's the good news of the gospel. You see, the good news is you don't have to leave like you came, right? Paul says in Romans 1.16 that the gospel is the power of God. And that power is not only the fact that we are forgiven of our sins, past sins, past, present, future sins, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but it's also the power of God to transform us. See, one of the things that I just want to constantly lay before you week in and week out is that the gospel is not just the power to save you, right? It's not just, it's not just for your conversion, but the gospel is like, it's through your whole life. The gospel is good news for your whole life. It's, it's the power to change you and transform you, right? It's the A to Z of Christianity. It's not just, I've got the gospel and now I'm good to go. And that's, that's the thing. There's two words, man, that you, that you should learn or should know it's justification and sanctification. Justification means that, that, that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are justified in that moment. You are declared righteous in Christ. Jackson and Peyton, at that moment, they put their faith and trust in Jesus. They are declared, they are justified, just if I had never done it. They are, they are innocent. That's gospel good news. Right? They're given the righteousness of Christ. But then from there on, man, the, the sanctification process begins. Sanctification is lifelong. Justification is a moment. Sanctification is lifelong. And that is where the gospel, you, you, you are growing in the gospel day in and day out. And that's the power to change and transform us, right? And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, man's gospel, this false gospel, this, this gospel that Judaizers are preaching and teaching, does not have the power to, to transform your life. Because all it can do is it, it might change you know, outward behavior. I mean, you, well, you do behavior modification is what it, what it is. But, but Paul says now the gospel is, focuses on the heart. And this is how he's changed his life. Notice in verse 15, he says, But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I want you to notice what he says there. And this is important. He says, first he says, he called me by his grace, by his grace, not according to his works. All right, Paul isn't saved, he isn't redeemed because of anything that he did. God, God does not call Paul because Paul brings something to the table. It's not like God said, oh, you know what, I think Paul can bring something to the table that I don't have. That's not what God did. No, no, no. God did not save Paul for any other reason except for the fact God's grace. And Paul emphasizes that because he says, who set me apart before I was born. In my mother's womb, God set me apart. Before Paul did anything, before Paul even came out of his mother's womb, before he even cried for the first time, God called him by his grace. You see what Paul is doing here? Paul is emphasizing, listen, church in Galatia, listen, Chester Christian Church, listen, Judaizers, you cannot earn salvation. You can't do it. You cannot change your life through the law. You need the gospel. You need grace. And this is what Paul is saying. That's what he's saying. 
God is the one who initiates, right? Paul is the one who sees God as the one who pursues him. Notice that before Paul became a Christian, the emphasis was on what he had done. He says, I persecuted the church. This is, I, I, I advanced in Judaism. I was advanced in Judaism. I was more zealous. But once God called him by his grace, the emphasis was on God and what he had done. God called me by his grace. And when you look at Paul's life, he would have been the last person that you would think would come to Christ. Right? When, you, when you see Paul, right, these, these disciples, these other followers of Jesus, right, he says in verse 23, he says, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. Like, they're scratching their head like, is this legit? Like, is this real? And so what I want to encourage you with, man, is, is your past doesn't matter. Your past does not negate what God can do through you. Right, God, God, God is glorified. As a matter of fact, God takes Paul's past, all the things that he done, him killing Christians, him persecuting the church, God takes all of that, and people look at his life and say, man, look at the way he used to be, and look at who he is now, and God is glorified. And that's what God wants to do in your life. This should encourage us, man. God is, God is pursuing us. And it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you've done. God is pursuing you. Yeah, I was reading, one, one commentator said this. He said, it's not so much that we grab a hold of the gospel. It's more so that, that the gospel grabs a hold of us. God is the one who initiates. God is the one who pursues. That's why we pray every single week here, man, that as we exalt Jesus, that God would open our eyes. That we might see how beautiful he is in light of who we are. Because until that happens, man, it's not going to be good news. You you think you're good enough. I don't need Jesus. And this, this is what happens. That's the beauty of the gospel. And, and here's the thing, man. I, it, oftentimes we can look back in our life as if we've been following Christ for, for very long. And we can look back at certain situations, certain circumstances. And we can see how good or bad how God used them to draw us to him. We may not see him at the time. Does that make sense? Like I can look back in my life and I can see times where I made some horrible decisions. And I, can, I cringe Sometimes, like, oh, I can't believe I did that. But then I think, you know, like, well, I see how God used that to, to draw me to him. Does that make sense? Just the beauty of the gospel, man, that God can take something that's broken and make it beautiful. God, God can, can, can reconcile our past and use it in our present to, to bring him glory. And that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. And this is what God wants to do in your life. Paul was able to see how God shaped him for ministry. His education, his abilities, his experiences all helped shape him to spread the gospel. And that's what God wants to do through us. Right? This is my former life. Uh, the irony in all this, man, is, is this is what I find interesting is that, that, that God saves a Jew, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Right? Paul was legit Jew, like varsity level, knocking things out of the park. And yet he sends him not to the Jews, but he sends him where? To the Gentiles. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome? God revealed Christ to Paul so that he could reveal Christ through Paul. This is how it used to be. But I've been set free. I've been set free. This is how I used to live. This was my life. You know this is how I lived. I persecuted the church. I killed Christians. 
And the only way you can explain this change, man, is the gospel. It's divine. No man could create that kind of change. And so that's Paul's story. How the gospel changed his life. What's your story? What is your former life? And it doesn't have to be as dramatic as Paul, right? It doesn't have to be a dramatic story. I mean, I have a friend, listen, I have a friend who I went to school with who I remember the first time I met him, and he walked through the doors of our church 18, 19 years ago. And, and again, kind of like Paul, you look at him, right, and by all appearances you think, this guy's in the wrong place, <laughs> right? Like, he's in church, you know, wait, wait. but I mean, he just, the way he, he had a big anarchy tattoo on his arm. He, you know, he, so he came to church, we, we befriended him. And kind of got to know his story. And, and, and basically what happened is I mean, he was into drugs. He was into thievery. This dude was just, I mean, he was headed for either death or jail. And he tells a story that him and his now wife was on the riverbank there where we grew up in the same town. They were doing drugs, probably high as a kite. And he says he can't explain. He just, for whatever reason, thought, I need to go to church tomorrow. See, that was God pursuing him. That was God initiating his love towards him. That was God opening his eyes. And he did. He came to church. We got to know him. He went to Bible college with me. We actually served in ministry for a few years. He got that anarchy tattoo covered with a big sleeve about Jesus. It was awesome, right? But now he's out in California, planted a church, and absolutely crushing it. God is using his past, his former life, in the present, to bring him glory. Because he's reaching people that I could never reach. And people are coming to know Christ left and right. He's sharing the gospel. God is, God is being glorified through that. Yeah, listen, you, your story may not be that dramatic. My story's not that dramatic. May, may, but may, may, maybe your story's more like mine, right? I grew up in church. I mean, I went to Sunday school every single week. I, I went to vacation Bible school. But I really didn't know Jesus Maybe your story is like mine and, and that you participated in a, in a bazillion religious activities. Man, I went to every single thing. We went every time the doors were open, we were there. But I didn't know the gospel. My eyes hadn't been opened. I was just playing church. I was just going through the motions. Maybe for you, it's just, man, I, just, I come to church when it's convenient. Drop a few dollars in the offering plate to make yourself feel better. But you really don't know the gospel. You haven't been changed by the gospel. Your eyes haven't been opened. You're, and you may be sitting there like, well, how, how do I know, Aaron? How do I know if I'm being pursued? How do I know if, if... And I would just encourage you to say, listen, you're here this morning, aren't you? <laughs> maybe, maybe you haven't experienced that gospel change. That's why we pray every single week. And you'd be like, well, how do I know? Well, you're here, right? And the gospel's being proclaimed. The gospel's being heralded. And I don't know why, maybe you're here because you got drug here. Maybe you're here because you're trying to appease somebody. Maybe you got, I don't know. But the point is, you're here. You heard the gospel. God is pursuing you. God is pursuing you. I would just encourage you, man. Listen, trusting in Christ for your, for your new life, your old life, becomes a former life. You guys have a former life now. <laughs> that was my former life. And now you're not enslaved by your former life. Rather, you're not being, you're not being crushed by your failures, but, but you're being encouraged by the grace of God that is made available to you in Christ Jesus. That's where our hope is. Amen? What's your story? It's gospel change. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you.
We thank you for uh, your word and just the power of the gospel. God, I, I know that, man, there are people here that, that are wrestling. God, we, we, we tend to beat ourselves up. We tend to stay in our guilt and shame. We, we think that, you know, we're not worthy, and, and, and we're not. That's the point. It's, it's by your grace. It is by your grace. So, Father, I just pray now as we come to response time that you would just help us to chew on these things and just open our eyes, God, open our hearts. Help us to see the beauty of what Jesus has done in our place. God, help us to see our own selves in light of that. God, may we experience gospel change. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.